WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. It is the Upfront program. It is the time of day where the phone lines officially do open up. So it is an interactive show, 7690600. The Upfront also has an email access. That's right. You can even email the Upfront program at upfront at WNRI.com. That's upfront at To give us a call, as it appears, we are alone in studio today, the day after a council meeting. Typically has a rotation. The schedule I was given uh, before the departure had Councilman Susie here today at um, 8.09, I'm beginning to think he's, he's not going to make it in today for the upfront program. But you can give us a call and uh, whatever is on your mind. And we'll continue to throw some topics out. It is a talk show. And uh, sometimes there's a panic when there's no guest on the upfront program and Roger's here. And I'm like, well, it's a talk show. What are we, what are we going to do? We're going to do a talk show. That's what we do here on the upfront program. We'll throw some stuff out there. If you want to comment, you can give us a call. If anything else is on your mind and additional topics, we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, there was a uh, story on uh, Channel 10 involving uh, Woonsocket High School over some fights that took place last Friday. It's, uh, let's take a look at this NBC 10, turn to 10 report on Woonsocket schools. They assaulted my child, stomping him. They used their feet and their hands as weapons. A mother shaken up days after she says her son was kicked and beaten in the hallway of Woonsocket High School. The incident, as you see there, caught on camera on Friday. And that fight wasn't the only one. It was one of seven disturbances that happened in the school district last week. The 19th's Cal Domowski spoke with the superintendent about what's being done to stop this troubling trend. For Carissa Costa, this video from a fight at Woonsocket High School last Friday brings tears to her eyes. Never do you imagine in a million years when your child leaves in the morning to go to school that something like that is, is the result of his day. She says that's her son on the ground. Costa says he suffered injuries to both his nose and arm. They assaulted my child, stomping him. They used their feet and their hands as weapons. Woonsocket police tell us the fight caught on camera was one of seven incidents to happen across district schools last week and was the second at the high school that day. Multiple students faced disorderly conduct charges with possibly more charges on the way. It's frustrating. It's troubling. Superintendent Dr. Patrick McGee says there's been a rise in student altercations this year but thinks the problem goes beyond the classroom. These types of incidents are happening in school. They're also happening within the community after school. Uh, they're happening on the weekends. To address it, the school district is now looking to work with nonviolence centers and churches on top of resources already open to students. He also adds more parent involvement can go a long way. Ultimately, the families have to have those types of conversations as well with their children and that students should not be resorting to violence if they have an issue, schools can't do it alone. And Costa agrees. 
If we come together as parents and, and stop it before it happens, we're more involved with our teens and the things that they're doing in the, the world, then this type of incident we can prevent. In Moonsocket, Cal Domowski, NBC 10 News. And uh, that the story last night out of one socket to uh, more violence in the city, preventable violence. And, uh, boy, a, a good comment there. That anti-violent message does, of course, start at home. We do have busy phones. We're going to get to the lines. We appreciate your patience this morning. You're the first call on up front. Good morning to you. Hi. I, I actually hate to follow something like that because I don't want to seem like I don't care about it because obviously I do. However, that's... I, I, Agree we have to bring that under control, however, that is not the subject that I wish to talk about today. Okay, well, at least you did comment on it. Uh, for the record, the caller against student violence. Thank you for the for uh, taking the stand on that one. Yes. Now, here's what I was calling about, and it's going to be a bit of a path, but I'm going to tell you something. We are a free nation, and I've heard that used as an excuse many times. And I've, I've got to cover this. I'm going to use an example, and I hope no one takes offense at it, but racial prejudice is not actually illegal. An individual can be prejudiced. The triple K still exists. It's just tasteful. We don't like it. But essentially, because we're a free nation, people have that right to be that way. However, we have a responsibility and a right to control that, and the way we've controlled it is we've made it illegal to institutionalize it. You cannot institutionalize racism. You can't have a company or a city or a state that openly, actively involves themselves in racism. Am I correct on that? No, yeah, you're correct in that theory, sure. Okay. Now, people say also that politically people have a, a right for political freedom, and I'm not denying that either. However, we're a capitalist society, okay? And in the same way we've made racial prejudice illegal, we need to make communism illegal. We need to make it illegal to institutionalize communism. You can be a communist, you can be a member of the Communist Party, but actually instituting communism needs to be made illegal. And I will say this. Communism is the greatest prejudice of all. It is the prejudice of a small group of power brokers that hold prejudice and, and prejudice not to just the effect of not liking it, of control. It's the prejudice against we the people to have freedom of expression. Communism is the prejudice against freedom of expression in the general population, and it needs to be deinstitutionalized. Now, I'm going to go further in this explanation. If I come to Rhode Island and I go to set up a gas-powered a, a, a gas electric station, it's one thing for the state to regulate my gas station and make sure that I follow all the norms that are established for efficiency, how much pollution it is. Within the realm of the United States of America, that station has to meet certain things. That's regulation. Okay, and I, I understand the state has the right to regulate things. But when the state comes and says, you can only have wind and solar and you can't use gas or coal or oil, that is at the least socialism, if not communism. The state has stepped in in a socialistic and in an institutionalized socialistic manner and removed the people's right to choose and removed the people's right to freedom and has taken over that sector of the industry. 
And I believe we need to make that type of action illegal, for it is the greatest prejudice of all. What say you? Well, that's a lot to absorb right there, what say you. Obviously, you spend more time pondering it than I have hearing this expose that was well choreographed uh, to get to a conclusion. Um, it's a awful quick volley to ask me to weigh in on it. As far as the overall subject of eliminating gasoline, don't see it happening. Uh, don't see us getting uh, away from oil use in this world, in this country, in this state. State. It seems a little illogical when we only have one wind farm that I believe is uh, somewhere around uh, 30 megawatts and the state's looking to buy 600 megawatts. We're a long way off from even what they want to do today to think that's going to happen. Um, when to me the answer is, well, we we have oil. I mean, we're, I'm seeing right now, I, I can't see where it is in the country, but it just popped up somewhere in the United States, $6.30 for gasoline. It's on necessary uh, to where we were just, what, two years ago. Um, but to, to think you're going to mandate away gasoline, uh, gas-powered leaf blowers, gas-powered automobiles, when uh, things are still, you're going to have a gas-powered 18-wheeler hauling freight across the country? I don't think so. Uh, and yet, though, here's, here's my problem, and yet the law is on the books the plan for the electrical system, I've read it. They actually have a plan to have the electrical system completely switched over to um, solar and wind by 2030. And their planning involves includes a battery backup for four hours that only covers about one quarter of the state. That's their plan. And the fact that they have these plans and these laws in place is damaging itself. The fact that they can even put a law like that in place is is too far. They shouldn't even be allowed to have that kind of a law. It goes against capitalism. It is a takeover of the industry. It is socialism. And we need to make that illegal in the United States of America, period. Institutionalized socialism needs to be made illegal. Once a citizen and, and, gets uh, gets a, gets an experience of that, though, I mean, we've seen it here just to just take Rhode Island over the past few years. We have an ice storm. We have a snowstorm. People lose power for a day or two. Uh, they go nuts at the politicians, and the, nut, and the politicians fine National Grid millions of dollars for a slow response to return power to the communities. What do you think is going to happen when this method is implemented? You have that uh, that very short life battery backup and you've got cloudy conditions for a week and you have no sunshine and, you know, clouds don't always come with high winds in these storms either. Uh, so I uh, think once the uh, once the citizens uh, get upset when they don't have power at their homes, who are they going to point the finger at? Well, the, the problem here is that the state's institutionalizing it, and the state, on the state level, these people on the state who are responsible are going to say, we are the state, you can't come after us. Which actually yeah. you can under federal statutes. We're going to have to bump this up to the central federal. It is my plan and intent that once we have a new administration that can actually act and do something, I will file a complaint against the people who voted in this law with the federal government under Title 18, Chapter 214, uh, Chapter 18, Titles 241, 242, that this is actually an action by the state that will cause physical harm. It is a endangerment. The, our General Assembly has endangered the population of Rhode Island by passing this law. And we need to take and actually bring federal suit against them for endangerment 
Under title, under, we actually have a title in Chapter 4 that they have endangered the population by having this law in the book. They need to be held accountable for it. I don't expect the current administration to do it when we have when we change effectively administration in the mid-election, which, which will probably happen. I, I will actually intend to bring suit against the members of the General Assembly who voted for this. They acted in a conspiracy to harm the Rhode Island citizens. Well, we look forward to seeing how that pans out and how quickly that that moves through the protocols of process. That'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on when you do file that suit. Keep us posted. And in general, though, we must have a fight on our hands now. We have to do with communism what we did with racial prejudice. It's just another form of prejudice, and it needs to be eliminated from the United States of America. All right, my I friend. Time. Have a great um, day. I hope someone listened. I hope someone heard it. Have a good day. Bye bye. And the audience as well. So there is a very energy minded individual. I do think it's impractical to think we'll eliminate uh, any sort of fossil fuel use at all in this country. Um, don't see it happening. Don't see it happening in uh, various parts. We are not the sunshine state here. We do okay. But we are not Florida and we are not California. California gets so much sun, every car is tinted on all windows beyond uh, visibility inside the car. They're not worried about police safety out there because there's so much strong sunshine. It's a bigger public safety hazard to not have a sunscreen on your vehicle than to allow police officers to see inside the car. That's what happens in other states. doesn't happen here in New England because we just don't have that type of sunshine here in the region. Um, nor, with our topography, do we have that type of wind here. Uh, when I was in California, wind farms were all over the place. And we hear about the first in the country. We have a little wind farm off of Block Island. Uh, there's not a mountain range in California at the base of the mountain is not covered in, in wind, windmills as you do drive through the state of California. Why? Because they have that open land. They have those winds that pick up. They have the sunshine. If a politician on a federal level is from that portion of the country, you're probably looking at it and saying, oh, well, fine. Well, come on up here to New England and see how far you're going to get. We have solar panels, like 40, I'm going to say 43 solar panels on the roof of this radio station. You bound to have heard Dick Bouchard mention it. Um, and that does not power the radio station year-round with 43 panels on our roof. We still have an electric bill. Uh, we appreciate your time and your and your, uh, your thoughts, though. Caller, you've been waiting a little bit of time since we started the program. Welcome to the Upfront Show. Thank you. Um, my concern is about, okay, they were talking about the pots last night at the council meeting. And here in Fairmount, we're always the ones that have to fight for everything we get. Um, Councilman John Ward was excellent. He said, how about putting a, uh, misc, uh, water park or whatever up here in Fairmount? That would be great. But put it in a, a Dunn Park or Caster Park. Because of the fact is, you want the kids to play together. If, and where, um, the mayor wanted is to check with the housing development and put it there. No, it belongs in a local park, Dunn Park. It's a city park, and everyone is welcome. Um, that's for one. For two, um, the other thing is is about the schools. Bigger is not necessarily 
better. Um, here in Fairmount, again, we lost the church. We're going to be losing a school. You know, we don't even have a, a store. You know, I mean, this is getting crazy. We have to fight for everything because even when, when they blew up the bridge, we had to fight for busing over here in Fairmount. I mean, what are they trying to do, close us up? You know, I mean, it's crazy. I, I don't agree with it. Um, we need to check all the areas and help out all the areas in the city. And, um, and one other thing, uh, the thing is about that lady talking about her son. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened, but you know what? You're talking it about the council meeting bigger. last night, the mother of the overdosed uh, child? <laughs> Yes. Okay. You have to be vigilant. You have to watch your children. You know, um, uh, you can't be their buddies all the time. You got to be a disciplinary parent first. Um, it always, as years ago, always starts at home, and you just got to be on top of everything. And yes, it's hard, but you got to do it as a parent. And you know, and that—that's mm. all. I mean, my gosh, and. For today, um, Mr. Susie, uh, Councilman Susie didn't make it. I wish when that happens, I wish that one of the council people would call in and give us an idea of, you know, um, what you know? What was going on for people that didn't see it? Or well, we do it, have or the uh, we do have the council report by John Ward. We played that uh, oh, three okay. times this morning. Um, the meeting, by the way, has a replay on Tuesday nights. So if you are a, I'm trying to read the sign here. I, my glasses, besides everything else here, uh, Bubblegum, my glasses broke. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, uh, that's uh, not a good thing. No. The Verizon replay uh, is 23. The Cox Channel is 18. Uh, Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. So the council meeting does replay tonight. Um, we will. I'll play uh, Councilman John Ward's recap of the meeting in a little while here on the Upfront program. Um, the, the mother, though, that spoke, and we played the audio if you weren't with us during Daybreak Southern New England. Um, it sounds like... It, she, she she played the tough love game in the disciplinarian role. If you're going to do drugs, you can't be under our roof. They choose to leave the roof rather than not do the drugs. Um, you try to shut them off of money or goods to make them struggle to realize if I give this up, I can get that. But in the eyes of an addict, that does not cut it. They when yeah, you right. when you're doing the drugs, you can go days without food, and and you will go days without food. Unfortunately, that's why many of them decay away. Uh, they can go days without sleep. They don't feel the cold. Uh, a lot of those drugs raises your body temperature, so you don't even notice the cold as much, and you end up with frostbite, and you're losing toes, and so on and so forth. Um, there's no easy answer, but the one thing that I had the soapbox about, and I, and I am unapologetically a one-track horse on this one, is we don't hear about detox. Even in that explanation, rehabilitation is not detox. When she talks about the illness of coming off the drugs, that's where detox comes in. If it wasn't for the ability, and it was not easy to get one of my stepdaughters into detox, she would still have a heroin problem today. Um, and then to get that detox stay extended enough to get her through the physical illness of being without the drugs, that's the nasty word nobody wants to talk about. Getting detox in Northern Rhode Island is sorely needed. CCA is not detox. Uh, the Prevention Coalition is not detox. Landmark 
has no detox. Um, there isn't one in northern Rhode Island. And even in the state, if you're a young lady, it's twice as hard to get into a bed as if you're a male. It's the opposite. Normally, you know, for shelters, it's easier to get into a homeless shelter if you're a female than a male. It's the opposite in detox. That's the nasty word politicians shy away from. Um, and, and all these, these entities uh, should be screaming, we need more detox here in the state of Rhode Island uh, on that take. And it shouldn't, and you know what, it shouldn't always be the city of Woonsocket to do all of this. It should be because it should be outside the city, you know. Um, well, I was going to say Northern Rhode Island. There isn't one right. in Northern Rhode Island completely. But Woonsocket's numbers are high enough where we should be concerned about this. Woonsocket continues to be one of the top in the state, if not top per capita, when it's when we're dealing with the overdose deaths. So the problem is huge in Woonsocket. And Woonsocket people on a lower poverty level uh, don't have the ability. Ripta doesn't go to South Kingstown to add care. It's not on the bus route. You got to get there. Oh, it isn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. Ripta doesn't stop at detox facilities. Uh, It's a very difficult thing to get to. So for some of these uh, folks in Woonsocket, uh, the reason why I I continually to to say here is it's my home city. I don't want my my uh, my uh, fellow Woonsocket. What are we anyways? Are we Woonsocketites or what? What is a Woonsocket resident called? I know we're called Woonsocket Rockets, so we'll go with that. That's I don't right. want a fellow right. socket rocket uh, dropping dead when they could have approached uh, detox. Well, no, and I get that, Jeff. But you know what? You know, everything we have to do, everything, you know, our fellow um, people surrounding us, you know, like we have affordable housing. Mm-hmm. We get this. We get that. You know, everything here in the city, you know, it, and again, the taxpayers are like taxed out and. The uh, one other thing is, um, you know, the Kendrick School. I agree that we need to get some of that money back. I mean, you know, I mean, enough is enough. They took another uh, building off the tax rolls when when they moved, um, and now Kendrick School is empty. So now, you know what? It's time that us taxpayers get some of money back. I mean, you know, you, you're not going to survive. In, in any city or any town um, if everything keeps going up. I mean, you know, we have nothing really for the children, uh, you know, and we have nothing for the taxpayers that keeps going up. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy when you have something done on your house. The other thing is, too, this gets done, that gets done. You can't fix something if the taxes keep going up. You can't survive. So that being said, Jeff... I'll let somebody else call. Say hi to the boys for me, too, if you will. I will. How are they? Are they good, the little guys? Yes, yes, they are. Oh, I miss his little smile. They're doing very well in school. Uh, I'm glad to hear it. And, and I hope that some of the burdens we've talked about today never enter those two young men's lives. Oh, no. No, and and as long as I'm alive and their mother and father are here, that we're all on the same page, and right. that is not going to happen. Take care, Bubba Girl. We're really diligent. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Caller, we'll get to your uh, line two in a moment. We appreciate your patience this morning. We have to hit a commercial break. Um, but unfortunately, uh, preventing uh, your 
young folks from entering into a narcotic is is a blurred signal today uh, with the down threat of what we're considering marijuana to be. It's available retail. You hit a certain age, they can leave your home, hop in the car. This young man was 19, that overdose. But you can get the extraordinarily potent uh, THC content uh, two minutes over the border in any direction, whether you're heading into Uxbridge, whether you're heading into Blackstone, um, several sites. And the tax revenue is booming there. Yesterday we had uh, Councilman Bob Dubois, uh, Selectman Bob Dubois from Blackstone here, um, who talked about one shop in one tax quarter contributing $100,000 to the town coffers. Uh, meanwhile, also no traffic issues, no security, no, no uptick in crime, no violent acts, no robbery of any of the marijuana facilities. Oh, we do hear that. It kind of takes the sting out of it. But you heard in the testimony, if you didn't hear last night, you can hear it in the council replay, that the journey into uh, inebriating one's brain, getting high and trying to get it higher, which becomes the chase as you start to get high, uh, all started with that young man, sadly, with marijuana. Uh, it was quite an emotional testimony, and you can see it tonight on the replay. Again, Cox Channel 18, Verizon Channel 23, the city council meeting replays at 7 o'clock. Here's a message from Savini's. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats, and cheeses. And, of course, our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro. Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event. Soup and Salad Bar now available, and Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup, also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket, still featuring Flip Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored, with amazing taste. Listen to what we have. Two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. And our newest wine edition comes from Italy. Check out the Stella Rosa collection. It's a semi-sweet wine offered in a variety of tastes including peach, blackberry, blueberry watermelon, and green apple to mention a few, and affordably priced at $11.99 or $12.99. Goes well with a wide range of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. And yes, we continue the best price in town on Bud or Bud Light. 30-pack, $26.47 plus tax. We're open daily, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer and wine and spirits. You can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street.
Back to your phones in conversation on the Upfront program in 60 seconds. First, a message from The Honey Shop. The Honey Shop is fast becoming a household name. A food manufacturer, they make natural health products, honey products, and gourmet foods, such as infused olive oils, balsamic salsas, hot sauces, gluten-free soups, jams, apple cider vinegar products, pasta sauces, teas, sugar, barbecue sauces, natural nut and seed butters, and yes, more. If you love food, you're going to love Love the Honey Shop. Many of their products are available in shop for sampling. Their signature product, of course, Breathe. It's an all-natural cold and allergy remedy. Made, of course, with honey. It was invented in 2013. In addition to the food and health products, they also host workshops, classes, events, and educational hikes. So if you're looking for a true shopping experience or are looking to add a little spice to your life, stop by for a bite. The Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, the same building that houses CLM Picture Framing Gallery, you'll find The Honey Shop right here in the city of Woonsocket. Listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, right back to the phone calls here on the Upfront program. Good morning. Thanks for your patience. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. As you share things about the drug problems in this area, and um, when I say area, you can be in the country, you can be in the city. Um, I remember when it started in the 60s. You never heard about much before that. Yeah, sometimes the kids would go in the woods and drink. But it didn't have the element. Uh, it starts with, I think, pot, something smaller. And mm-hmm. it's like a staircase. And I truly believe genetically there's a preponderance of getting this Getting, I think, getting this problem, I think it's like a disease. Some will get it, others won't. It's like the virus. Why do some people get it and others don't? You don't know. And they say, well, you know, absentee, there's families. The mother was there, the father was there. They were involved. And at times you will see athletes all of a sudden kind of lose it. And um, I, I believe... There's such a concern, and I agree with you. Northern Rhode Island has never had a proper detox. At one time, and I'm talking way back, uh, I would say in the 70s, there there were one or two places when it was at its highest, and they disappeared. And it just seemed the people that went there uh, weren't, from families that may have had the money or, or, or the uh, medical coverage to help their children get into private places. Some got out of it. Uh, there were families that the children committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And you'd never think this would happen. Some get out. I don't know if you want to say saved. I have a brother. Started at 13. If I had the money my parents spent on them, on him, I wouldn't have to work for the rest of my life. Okay? But has it changed? It hasn't changed. He's 66. Mm. And he still 
it goes from one, oh, I'm not taking drugs. Well, then there's drinking or there's something else. There's always something that replaces this need. They could be quiet kids. Doesn't mean they have to be, you know, bullies, tough guys. It's the quiet ones that even, it scares me even more because they're not detected. Because unless something happens, uh, recently um, a former student was sharing uh, with me things that were going on. And when he named names, it blew my mind. Never would I even think of these young people experimenting to begin with. And I don't care what anybody says. I think marijuana is the first stepping stone. It's the high. Then maybe marijuana that's a little stronger, there's a bigger high. And then with that high, it's there and it's nothing, they go for something else. We have to start thinking. I'd like to see more programs in the schools. And I'd like to see, I don't know what the rate of absenteeism is in the school, but I know this state law is after 30 days, unexcused. You know, you can have a child that goes to school, whatever's going through, they can, you know, get it. Uh, get a flu, whatever. But then there's the others. We have to be really strict about unexcused absence. And this, we have to be, bring them to court because after 30 days, the parents have a spot and they're in court. They're in court and those parents can can be in big trouble legally if they don't show up. And I, I years ago when I was a truant officer, I saw that. And you'd be so surprised at how young some of the students were that we we were bringing. And you know now with with phone recognition, if the school calls home, those pa- irresponsible parents see it. They don't answer it. I think. The police be, and I don't think there should be suspension. I think it should be in-house. When they get suspended, they love it. What do they do? They walk around town all day long and get into trouble. In-house suspension, I don't care if you have an extra for a policeman to be in that classroom to oversee it as well as a teacher because suspension, they love it. In-house, they don't. There has to be tougher rules, more application of rule, existing rules. I think uh, the dress, the way they don't enforce dress codes, contributes to the entire situation. And I hate to say that, being a woman, but the dress code, uh, it's the, more so the girls and the boys. You wouldn't go to the beach dress away half of them with Daisy Dukes and everything else kind of hanging out. Well, Daisy Dukes would be considered long by today's fashion. Oh, my God. It, 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 it's it, I've seen really nice families get destroyed. As I think about it, I cry. You know, one, two boys committing suicide mm. way back. Nice people, quiet people. You don't know where it's going to hit, and never say never. You always, even though you're there all the time, you don't catch them at everything all the time. It doesn't help, too, when there's no federal guideline that you can live by because uh, administration after administration has chosen to ignore states 
that are moving and snubbing federal drug laws, yet they are not removing them from the books. They're keeping them, but they're choosing not to enforce uh, Oregon decriminalizing all narcotics. You can legally use heroin, fentanyl, uh, just like marijuana here in Massachusetts. Um, and the federal government does nothing. Uh, and we make it a better situation. Let's give them clean needles. Are you kidding me? What, they should have places. All right. It's like having an opium den. Yeah, so safe Give it to them and let them run. Uh, when I was in California, I witnessed a state that gave up against drugs. And what I witnessed was blatant drug dealing, a city block away from police officers sitting in their cars. I can stand there and see this drug deal and then see the purchaser use the drugs right there on the curb of the sidewalk, broad daylight, um, within a, an, a, an eye shot of police officers in multiple directions, and they're just not doing anything. But with that comes uh, a tent rows on every street corner of homeless drug addicts that are living on the sidewalks and doing drugs. And I saw a community that gave up. I saw a girl too young to be wearing a dress she was trying to wear getting picked up by a middle-aged white guy in a BMW. And I don't think he was bringing her to school. Uh, and you don't want to see that here in Rhode Island. I saw a state with my own eyes that gave up this battle on narcotics. It's called California. It's going to hell in a handbag over there, pardon the expression, during the Lenten season. And all communities have to be considered, not just Central Falls, uh, Providence, Pawtucket, Woonsocket. And people think Newport, all the mansions... Newport is not a wealthy community. No, it is You not. have a few people say, oh, Newport. Yeah, be on the other side of Newport. Yeah, it's like the same thing in Orlando. Uh, get out of the Disney area, look behind it. It is downtrodden. Uh, same thing in Newport. You're absolutely right. There is a big problem in Newport, Rhode Island. But here we have an attorney general who, who on his own news release, brought in, he's bragging about bringing in cash settlements of $190 million to Rhode Island to help fight this opioid epidemic. And not $1 spent in the detox category. So, Well, maybe we should say more. Um, but yes. I, I thank you for mentioning it. wasn't what I was calling for, but as you did it, I, 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 I started crying because my brother's wife was mm -hmm. lost. He's 66 now, yeah. four marriages, never supported his kids. Mm -hmm. And what did it do to the children? Yeah. Well, well, well with you. thank you for sharing. And we need more personal stories to realize it's not a closet issue anymore. Absolutely not. Thank you for sharing. You take care. Bye-bye. Uh, right to the phone lines, line one, you're on the Upfront program. Good morning to you. Thank you for your patience. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Jeff. What was the speech that was made last night that I missed by oh, the mother? Uh, it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a very passionate speech from a mother who had a, uh, lived here in Woonsocket. The young man started, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it, some of the details might be off. Um, I played it in its entirety on daybreak. It's about seven minutes long, I would guess, six to seven minutes. And the mother had a child that started experimenting with marijuana but ended up in a rehab facility his first time at 
at the age of 14. Unfortunately, this young man continued to dance with the devil of drugs and overdosed at the age of 19. And one comment made over again was that uh, he discovered drugs in one socket. He used drugs in one socket. He overdosed in one socket. And uh, she was pleading for, um, I guess, uh, approval or understanding or acceptance of the safe use houses, saying that no matter what we do, um, it, the concept of going to a place, handing your narcotics over, having them screened for fentanyl, having them returned and used under supervision with the, uh, with the program that would have outreach available. The problem is there, uh, and she talked about you know how your body actually gets sick when you don't have the drugs that draws you back into it. And everything she was talking about points to the answer nobody's saying in detox. So I kind of got on that bandwagon again as I am un unapologetically um, continuing to say that word even to people's dismay. Um, so the thought is you can't just give up that we, we breached a little bit this morning and say... Uh, a live drug addict is better than an overdose drug addict. Well, the, the, the only way hope is ever gone is when they do overdose and die. Uh, but you can't give up hope um, when we're more concerned about safe use rather than detox. Now, even if you have these safe houses to use your drugs and a person wants treatment, they can't get into a bed because we don't have detox facilities. Without detox, rehab is useless. Outpatient care is all but useless. You, with the hard drugs, and it goes for alcohol as well. The two things you detox from is alcohol and opioids. Um, you don't detox from cocaine. It's a psychological addiction that needs a tremendous amount of outpatient care. But with the, the opioids, uh, we're talking about fentanyl obviously being used on a lot of illegal street drugs. So the theory is well, if we produce drugs legally, we let them do drugs legally, we can weed out the fentanyl. Not happening. There's still going to be a street narcotics. And logically, I don't know if you've ever had a relative, but I've had myself addiction members. I've had family with addiction issues. Um, and, uh, boy, good luck getting us to hand over our drugs to somebody thinking they're going to hand them back to us. Um, boy, that's that's a that's a base concept that I I, I just don't see universal working. I, you know, I'll be honest with you, and obviously I feel bad for her if she's listening. Sorry about your kid. Yeah, That's, very, very uh, without, tragic. Without saying, but now I'm on the other side of that issue 100%. Human beings have free will. This whole thing that addiction is this uncontrollable, pre, preconceived disease, pre, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Pre, uh, pre-existing, that insanity. We need less detox. People go into detox to basically get out of losing their job or going to jail. That's really all detox is. If you get popped, the judge says you either go to detox, you go to jail, they go to detox. Or you get popped, you're going to lose your job. Hey, let me go. The union says, hey, you have to go to detox. The recidivism, well, don't confuse. The the, many times people are sent to rehab without detox, and it doesn't well, look that way. So a lot of times the court owners are into a rehab. And we're trying, what I think I've always tried to do is bring awareness to the word detox. It's vastly different than rehab. It works differently, but without de detox, rehab is all but futile. There's a lot of different programs. Let's just, let's just say just some sort of rehabilitation. But it's program. the point of the, be the cart before the horse. Is the point? All right. Okay. Fine. Uh, it's just all a crock of baloney. It's just. I mean, look. Humans have free will. I'm sorry. You know, if you are a child and you are born with cancer or diabetes, I have no problem public public dollars going to care for that kid. 
if you want to start getting high, like now, Jeff, we're t- at 12 years old, we, we start developing the ability to reason. We're really past that age of reason by 13. You know when you're 13 not to do drugs. Okay, I'm sorry, you're basically, you can be charged as an adult at the age of 13 or 14 in some states for murder. So this whole crock of baloney that, oh, it's just, it's, it's everybody else's fault. We just don't have enough detox. That's, we just don't have enough rehabilitation. We just don't have enough of this. And that's why somebody OD'd insanity. That's what we call just bat poop crazy, Jeff. You either do drugs or you don't. I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. do, like, if you want to... Well, get uh, you're obviously somebody who's, I'm assuming, uh, made all the right choices in life. Oh, 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 you could not be further. Oh, okay. dude. If I ever meet you in private, I'll tell you some stories. Sure. I'll tell you what. If I ever run into you somewhere, I think I'll recognize you. I've seen pictures of you. I'll tell you some stories that would uh, make the hair on the back. Well, the depending on how old the pictures are, I'm significantly grayer today than I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've not made all the right decisions. Well, I, again, I don't want you know, sure. to say it over the air because I know some people listen that know me. But, no, actually, actually the absolute opposite. And I never blamed anybody else for anything. So mm-hmm. this whole thing that we, we just don't have enough of this. We just don't spend enough money on this. You are a human being. You either put the needle in your arm or you don't. I'm sorry. Grow up. Uh, you know, if you're a parent and you lost a kid, you say, hey, look, my kid screwed up. He went down the wrong path. Don't blame me, Jeff. That's not my problem. You know, I just because I don't want to spend money on safe zones and all this crap, I'd rather have my money go to things like treating childhood cancer, treating, treating childhood diabetes, okay? Not obesity, not addiction. Let's get back to basics. I'm sorry if that, if, look, if that pisses you off and you're listening, it's time to, it's time to, it's time to toughen up, okay? You need a talking to, and I, I don't mind doing it. Very good, my friend. We got one call left, about seven minutes. We appreciate you helping. I appreciate you staying on the line during the uh, commercial breaks and so forth. We appreciate you uh, contributing. What we got to make clear, though, is the safe houses are not funded with public money. There was a legislation in the General Assembly to allow these entities to take place, but they are being funded with private funds. And uh, what we're calling for here is the drug companies that are pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into states as settlements for the opioids, why not use some of that money, the $190 million that has recently come into Rhode Island, not the nation of Rhode Island, $190 million, but we're not looking at detox. Are we really looking to solve the problem, or are we looking to uh, appease various branches of the problem uh, is the question. But so far in these two discussions, it really doesn't involve tax revenue, just to make that point clear. We are going to get to the phone lines once again, uh, and uh, we thank you for your patience. You're on the Upfront program. Sorry, Jeff. I'm not an expert in this. I only know that I listen to people who have gone through it. You seem to know what you're talking about. So my um, money would be on your solutions. And also, it's not always easy to say, well, this is the right thing. I made plenty of mistakes in my life because had I not, I'd probably be rich today, but I did what I did. So it's, uh, it's very difficult to judge people who have this issue, and I defer to the people 
who have had the, the personal experience, just because you were on a committee or something, doesn't necessarily make you an expert, although... Many have never uh, used drugs on these uh, committees. There are, there are many I, I talk and work with and will continue to try to help in God that have never smoked even a joint or a cigarette. Well, that would be me. I've never smoked a joint, but I smoke cigarettes. Well, be cigarettes proud of that. For, be proud of that. For a long time, um, and all my old friends, they all did. And they can't believe that I never did. I never did, but I smoked cigarettes. I mean, at one time I was smoking close to a pack a day. And I did give it up, but only because after I had COVID, I had no desire. So it's not like, oh, look at me. I gave up cigarettes finally. No, no, it was done for me. So I don't take any pats on the back for having now given up smoking. It, it, it was... It, because I did it many times in my life, Jeff, to give up nicotine, and I did everything. No cigarette before 10 o'clock. No cigarette before 12 o'clock. Only two cigarettes a day. That nicotine is a strong, strong addiction, and I did it all. And I gave it up for 17 years, took one cigarette from a friend, and bam, right back on yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's so, the worst. So if it's that yeah. bad for nicotine, I can imagine what it is. Anyway, just my way of saying I support you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your and, time. And you and Jr. are doing an unbelievable job. And those two Bouchard brothers must really appreciate you because nice to go. And good luck. I, I mean, I'm happy for vacation. I wish the hell I could. Bye, Jeff. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to squeeze in this last call. we got about four minutes or three, four minutes left. But you're on the upfront program. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I agree about cigarettes with the lady before me, but as far as alcohol, I was a bad alcoholic from the 80s to 2001 when I finally accepted that if I have one more drink, I was going to die out in the cold mm -hmm. because I lost my job, my money, everything. And that just, I made that decision. It clicked, it clicked in me. Thank God. Yes. But I got, I, in order to recover, I had to have strong support from uh, AA. And uh, I went for about 16 years. It's been 18 years now. And I don't think about it often, but when I do, it's a, it's a very strong thing in me that I'm on this side of the fence that I don't want to even think about it because I know what one drink will take me. And, uh, and that's a, a big self-realization. And when you said that, it is a big key, um, but not everybody can see through the foggy glasses. Um, although it sounds like there's some things that you regret in life, but hold on to the proudest moment when you put the drink down. Um, and uh, congratulations on that achievement, and may you continue that fight. You know, not everybody recovers, and I try. I tried a, a dozen of times with rehabs and everything, and uh, I feel bad. Try have the men residential, and there was a woman one in town too that that closed because that was very a place to go for six months, and it really 
you know, it it, uh, it does something through you with the support. And once you have your mind made up. And I had, when I recovered and finally got out of it, and I had a friend's family came to me, and the man was having a hard time, a close friend of mine. And no matter what we did, it didn't work for him. And uh, he ended up dying, and uh, it was really, really sad. And I couldn't support him any more than having empathy and comfort to him. But that was just the end for him. That is sad. We we have folks that didn't make it like you and I have into uh, this portion of our lives. But um, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you shared your very personal story. So thank you for your candor. And uh, and keep up the fight, my friend. Thank you. Bye. I will. Thank you. Bye. Well, uh, thank you for helping the Upfront program go by. Stick around. After some uh, news, we'll hear from Wayne Barber in the author's hour. You're listening to WNRI Woonsocket, 1380 AM, 99.9 FM, always online at WNRI.com.